Welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage. I'm here to give you a front row seat to the Emmys, Oscars, SAG, and Tony's races. Who is in the running? What makes an award-worthy performance? And what are the secrets to giving one? These intimate, inspirational conversations with some of today's most talented stars provide you, dear listener, the kind of craft and career advice that could win you a statue of your own, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. romanticize this career oh yeah absolutely because it's age. very romantic and it totally. and it can seem very exciting and you know pristine and sort of tied yeah. up in a pretty bow but it can be pretty pretty dirty and and scary and lonely sometimes listeners it is a very special occasion for in the envelope Jamie, why are we, why are, what is the special occasion of today? You tell them. It is two goddamn years <laughs> since we started this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's May 30th, which means it's two years since In the Envelope began. Can you believe it? I know. It's ridiculous. Today is the two-year anniversary of In the Envelope, and I'm just so amazed. I'm really, I'm amazed. I know. What's fun is looking through all the past episodes and seeing how much content there actually is out there. Of us uh-huh. nattering and uh, yep. you interviewing and all the pearls of wisdom that our guests have imparted to us. Do you have any mm. highlights that you want to share with us? Oh, a highlight. Uh, uh, one highlight from the last two years? Like an interviewee? Well, some highlights. What, what, do you, what, did, what stand out in the last couple of years? Well, I mean, so maybe yeah. my way of copping out of this answer is to say, like, I feel like the highlight for me has been the, this whole idea, uh, largely at the two years ago when we were creating this thing, is you and me and Casey Howe and the rest of the team at Backstage, the team podcast at Backstage. Like, it's this idea of us saying, "Well, what if? What if we included this in our interviews? What if we went for this level of person?" <laughs> and yes. we've since, you know, booked people who have gone on to win an Oscar and Tony and an Emmy and all of that. Like, it's this notion of like, "Well, what if we got into a studio and asked these questions?" you know, four working actors, about working actors, two working actors, and gained these, like, pearls of wisdom that, I mean, even I didn't expect to become pearls of wisdom about life. I think the best yeah. acting advice we've gotten on this podcast has been about the life advice. And I feel like Absolutely. all of that is my, that mumble jumbo that I just said is like, that's my highlight, that we dreamed this up. And I can't believe it's been two years. I completely agree. I mean, <sighs> I couldn't top that in terms of, I was just going to say, oh, I got to meet Edmund Your highlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great um, example. But uh, yeah, no, completely. I completely agree with that, that, that the audacity of putting this on. I, I just thought also... of the highlight. I thought of a definitive oh, okay. highlight for myself. Uh-huh, it's when Henry Winkler uh-huh. and Gina Rodriguez were <laughs> in the waiting room before going it's into really... the interview and they were that's comparing dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was adorable. That's a really good one. And even like, yeah. I almost feel like a highlight for me too is like, the, I wanted to shout out, you know, that first episode, which was Claire Danes and David Harbour. We we put them together. Yeah. I want to shout that out because that was kind of a turning point in the, in the initial booking and the dreaming up of the podcast was like, 
Claire, we want you to join Backstage's podcast. It's brand new. We don't have a proof of concept. Would you come over and do it? She asked, Are there, is there going to be photo or video? We said no. And she walked over from her apartment. Yeah. Claire Danes. Yeah. And that's almost when I was like, oh, like the podcasting avenue is a great, great medium. These these guests are going to be willing to do it. And apparently it's going to be as easy to get someone as huge and as magnificent as Claire Danes. Yeah. To just walk over? What? I know. That's still know. amazing to me. In fact, that's a good segue into today's guest. I'm so pleased that today's guest happens to be uh, Lily, Tony nominee Lily Cooper, yeah. which um, the reasons for what particularly why I'm pleased about today's will become apparent in the interview. Um, but we should get to it because she's about to arrive and I <laughs> had to do some last minute housekeeping before this episode begins. So, all right. Oh, my gosh. It's wonderful. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor or someone at the beginning of your artistic career and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In the Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout, that's backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you want to be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG Award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe. Enter the code ENVELOPE. Born and raised in New York City and its theaters, Lily Cooper has been a Broadway star since age 16 in the original Broadway cast of Spring Awakening. She's played Alphaba in Wicked, Sandy Cheeks in SpongeBob SquarePants, and is now nominated for what is surely the first of many Tony Awards, as Julie Nichols in David Yazbek and Robert Horne's musical adaptation of Tootsie. Without further ado, here's our interview with Lily Cooper. I was just telling them that this might be the least serious podcast. Oh yeah, no, it's going to be ridiculous and and truly unique. And I want to ask you about. <laughs> yeah. Almost Thanks. maybe we just start the end by being like, "Is this weird? This is weird." You know, it's like <laughs> on the one. Yeah. Hand, first of all, we I mean, love your Meryl Streep bag. We could talk about that. We could talk about her daughter. We got a shout out, Matthew Vassar. Matthew Vassar. Go Brewers. Go Brewers? Yeah. Yeah, like that's a thing. But what do Brewers mean? Like they make beer? I want to be closer. I think we need to have a disclaimer. Yeah. This might not be like any of the other podcasts. It's not. You said it. You said it. I also think like, yes, because it's you and me, it's going to be a very frank discussion maybe about acting advice in life and all that. Yeah. But also because it's you. Yeah. Like, very fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't skirt around the edges, you know? I'm just... (laughs) And you packed us into this really crazy day. Yeah, it was a crazy day. You just had a Tony's what? Okay, so Tony... Did you know... I've never been to a luncheon before 
May of 2019. And since now, I am the luncheon queen. I'm the queen of luncheons. I will never eat another lunch in my life. <laughs> yeah. Have you done podcast interviews in this month of craziness? I have done a podcast or two, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know what day it is. I Yeah. And you have a show later. I do. I have a show later. Well, I think that I can promise that this is a very this is going to be a very unique interview. Oh, no. I was really excited. <laughs> Honestly, this is of the slew of things I'm doing this week. This is was my favorite thing, and I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. So thanks for having me. Yeah. And so you came from the luncheon, and you came from a came from the Sardis thing. I was at thing. Sardis. Santino Fantana got his <laughs> Sardis caricature. So fun. Yeah. Was it fun? It was a like, very handsome version of, of Santino. <laughs> the cartoon version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he looks great as a man and as a woman. He, exactly. Yeah. They did it as a man. Oh, believe okay. it or not. Just to have like an evergreen thing <laughs> right, rather right, than, right, right. I see. Yeah. So, okay. So we did the disclaimer, but I almost do want to ask like, is it weird? I almost want to start the interview by being like, is this weird? Is because this like, weird? I want to hang out with you. Yeah. And the fact that this is how I have to do that right. or get to do that sure. is like, and you must, you must it's encounter strange. this before where yeah. like, I almost want to ask you about what is fame? Or what is yeah. being on in Broadway? Because Broadway yeah. just makes you very, very busy. It and does. And certainly when you become a Tony nominee. But, like, it doesn't busy. necessarily make you famous. Like, it's a, totally. it's a specific kind of fame. Totally. So there's part of me that's like, okay, I'm super, super busy doing all these things. But I'm like... Does anyone care? Outside of, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Like, outside of, like, my mom. My mom's like, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. <laughs> right. But, but, yeah, yeah. You know but what that's I mean? been it's true like, for, for, what, a decade more. Right. That you've been famous, quote, unquote. Sure. In this one But then, circle. okay, let's circle back. Let's circle back. Let's talk about college, right? I went <laughs> yes. to Vassar So what happened? you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was after Spring Do, Awakening. Yeah. Do you remember... Freshman year when uh, we watched not. Mean, not Mean Girls, what's it called? Gossip Girl in like the uh, uh-huh. community room or whatever. Yes. And they were doing Spring Awakening at the Gossip Girl High School oh, on no. the TV show. No, I don't remember that. So like we're 17 years old, whatever. I like left my Broadway show to come to college and then <laughs> here it is like right in front of me. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, I feel so awkward. And awkward, you're with and people. And I'm with people. They all know? And they or all you know, feel like they but know? like they don't really talk. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, super weird. So super that weird. kind of thing happened. Totally, all the yeah. time. Yeah, and that's yeah. because it's faster, I guess, and people know the New York theater scene. A lot scene of people were from and... New York, and 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 you know, were it's an artsy school. A lot yes. of people knew about the Broadway scene. Totally, and you gravitated towards the drama people. Uh-huh. Although it should be said, like. First of all, like, why did you go to Vassar? And what, you know, what Good was that decision pregunta. about? Because you um, studied film. I did. I studied film. I was not a drama major. Yeah. I went to Vassar because I knew that there was a great drama department. Yes. And then I took a drama class and I was like, mm, I don't really think I want to <laughs> do this, actually. Just kidding. So I did. Film. Matthew Vassar, stop listening now. Just <laughs> Press pause. Fast forward 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Um, I... No, but it was a great department. I did a lot of plays there, and it was awesome. But right. I wanted to sort of do something else because I had just studied acting in high school. I went to Guardia, the fame school. Yes, indeed. Right. So, you know, I wanted to sort of like have, have a well-rounded education. Which is so great. And do something in the f- world of what I loved but that was different than what I had 
already studied. So yeah. film was like the perfect answer. And you stand by that decision. And that was like... Oh, 100%. Because great. I went abroad for an entire year yes. to Prague yes, and made all the movies yeah. and made like lifelong friends. Totally. So it was pretty awesome. And that's not true of everyone who did Spring Awakening. Everyone, Truth. A lot of people went and did Hollywood. Absolutely. Like and a lot of people's college. college was like, I'm going to be a TV star instead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm going to be on Glee. Yeah. yeah. So that and was their college experience. Exactly. And that's that was great too. But you made a conscious choice. You were like, I'm not going to go to like... Tish, I'm not going to go to yes, totally. School. It was me and Remy Zagan. We were the same. I think sh- we were like within a year of each other, but we both decided we wanted to leave our show to go to school. We'd always wow. wanted to go to school. We'd always wanted to get an education. She got into Columbia. I got into Vassar. Uh-huh. And we both were like, okay, we're going to leave a Broadway show to go get a college oh, degree. So you didn't quite make that decision alone. It was good to have somebody else. It was else so to, great like, to have somebody else. That's like good. with we were the same age and we were going through the same things, you know, doing our SATs at the same time. Oh god. Yeah, it was wild. With eight shows a week. You started was it age sixteen when you got cast? It was age fifteen when I got cast. I did a reading wow. off Broadway when I was fifteen okay. and then I was sixteen off Broadway. And that was the summer I believe before junior year. And then it all just mm-hmm. sort of a, it was a crazy whirlwind, and like we moved to Broadway, and we got the Tony nominations, and we won the Tony, and it was totally. all literally within my senior year of, of high school. Right. And how did you get involved in the first place? Um, this is sort of a fun story. So I went to so LaGuardia is a performing arts school, and you do shows there, and like agents, managers, and people come and see the shows, and sometimes they'll give you their card okay. after to mm-hmm. sort of like scout young talent. And I got a card from this fabulous agent um, who I did not reach out to because I was like, I don't know, is this real? Like, what is this a thing? Is this real? Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, do I really want to be performing right now? Mm-hmm. Months and months later, after the show that I did, I called her, and she was like, Oh my god, I actually have this great thing that I was thinking about you for. Uh-huh. It's a reading of a new musical i don't really know anything about it but i think you should go in that was my first professional audition and i booked this job and it was and i my mom like i was underage my mom was in the waiting room she had to be there you know like yeah she had to be there with me Um, your first professional audition first professional audition and to toot my own horn i think this is actually a pretty cool story (laughs) they they had technically cast all of the women in the show, but oh. they loved me and wanted to add a female character, so they wrote in an additional they female character. Mm-hmm. They added her in. Mm-hmm. And then did you see the part change and the whole show change? 100%. Over time? Yes, so 100%. Cool. And that I didn't so have cool. a song. I didn't have a mm-hmm. song in the beginning. Yeah. And then, like, my story sort of got developed. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it was a crazy experience. I feel like you've done a lot of new work rather I have. than revivals. You know, I actually have. Uh, the only revival that I did was Tick, Tick, Boom off yeah. Broadway, mm-hmm. which was such a magical experience because it was just, you know, the three of us. And it was such an intimate, amazing yeah. process. Um, but, yeah, I've been really lucky to, to start really from scratch with a lot of shows. Right. And it's such a unique experience. But I've also been in a bit like I stepped into Wicked. So that was a polar oh, opposite right. experience <laughs> of like fitting into a puzzle piece, basically. Yeah. And living up to a part that had been iconic, a very big iconic. Everyone part. knows yeah. about it, and a very difficult part. Yes, yes. And you did it all over the country. I did for how long? So I was on tour for a year. I was the understudy on tour, so uh-huh. I was in the ensemble, and I oh, only wow. went on for Alphaba twice oh, wow. in that entire oh, year. Okay, wow. And then after that, they were like, "Do you want to go to Australia and be the alternate?" <laughs> <Right. laughs> and I was like, "Uh, yes." Yes. Yes, please. Which is, there's your first tip for actors right there. Yes, say offer, yes to Australia. Just say yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It kills me that I never saw you play Alphabet. Aw, it but, was fun. I mean, I mean, who knows? 
who knows? You see me do a lot of other cool things. I truly have. And Tick Tick Boom was that was a great like introduction to that show or like Right. I I didn't know the show before I did it. And Spring Awakening, frankly, opened it was like kind of a generational thing of like Yeah. People got turned on to musical theater because of that show. Absolutely. Mostly Absolutely. people, I guess, our age. Yeah, totally. People. And that is why when you came to Vassar, people knew about the show and mm-hmm. they knew about you and Right. So you had to do the thing of like fame, but like I also just want to like go to parties right. in, in college. Totally, yeah. And so it is that niche thing where like because we've had people on this, we've had Natalie Portman and Evan Rachel Wood who yeah. like they become child star stars at sure, a sure, very sure. young age. At a young age. And for you, it was more like I love that story. If you have this professional audition and then you're in a thing, mm-hmm. but you can go to places where people aren't like gawking at of you. Of course, <laughs> of course. Right. There used to be this great right. line in Tootsie that was about um, Michael Dorsey would say about being a Broadway star, he'd be like, I'm a Broadway star. Dozens of people recognize me on the streets. <laughs> too accurate. There's it's a lot of that show accurate. that I was like, this is madass. This, this is about Lily's life. Yeah, basically. Weird thing. <laughs> You're playing an actress. I'm playing an show. actress. Yeah, I'm playing it. an actress in a Broadway show <laughs> who's like just trying to make the Broadway show like the best it can be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like so, she's up for a Tony Award too. That's just us. You never know. Yeah, I. It's a very. It's actually good that you're here because it is a very backstagey show. Mm-hmm. It feels like it totally is. You're playing a working actor. It's really fun. Wait, so to talk briefly about Tootsie because we got we do we do have to address it at some point. Oh right. You're playing, you're playing the role that Jessica Lange played in the movie. I I actually am. How did that feel? What was the first impression? It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy. And when I saw you a couple weeks ago, you said, you haven't met her yet? She hasn't come yet? yet. But she will. Did I tell you the story about her coming to see Spongebob? No. Oh. Okay, so here's a crazy story. So I was in Spongebob when I auditioned for Tootsie. I rewatched the film. Coming to see Spongebob. Got it. Yes. I rewatched the film. The day I rewatched the film, Jessica Lange was in the audience of Spongebob. How bizarre. And I saw, it was a really bright show and I could see a lot of the audience Mm. during the show. So I spotted her. Like, Oh my God. Fifth row. (gasps) center orchestra and I'm like mm, that's Jessica Lang. and but part of me was like how am I this can't be I just watched her faces in my head you am just I just her. hallucinating yeah um but no it was her she had come and seen the show and I was auditioning I think I had my call back a few days later or something and I was like wait this feels really crazy yeah. and it feels like a sign right and I like I feel like I actually sort of used it and I was like took that and was like this feels good I'm I, I'm 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 like Taking her mojo and yeah. and like you know using it, and Ooh. I unfortunately didn't get to meet her because uh, she didn't come backstage after she was okay. busy. She had her, I think she had her grandkids there. Anyway, um, so I, I was How just weird. happy that I got to like share a space with her at and perform for moment. her oh at that exact moment. And so I hope she comes and sees the show. I you hope know, I get course, to meet her. I mean, of course, you're on her radar. And yeah. I saw Oklahoma the other day, and there she was in the audience. So <gasps> she's making the rounds. <laughs> so she loves Broadway. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And do you feel pressure having to play, like, a role that she played? <laughs> it's know. quite different. It's a musical adaptation. It is. It's so. quite different. Yeah. I mean, the cra- like, she won an Oscar for that role. There's that, too. Yeah. Yeah. She straight up won an Oscar. Yeah. But, yes, it is... Uh, and that must have played into your initial, like, sure. approach to Absolutely. I mean, like, you come into auditioning for a role like this, and you're like, oh, this is big. This is yeah. very big. Yeah. This is a big thing for my career. This is a big thing to, like, prove yourself, to live up to, sure. you know. Gosh. But I think one thing that made it feel so right and so sort of comfortable and not um, unattainable Ooh. was that my mom read the breakdown, and the breakdown was literally like, you know, 
uh, strong, passionate actress mm. in New York City starring in a Broadway show. And she's independent and strong and, you know, all of these, like, wonderful characteristics yeah. of a human. But also just, like, genuinely very close to who I am as a person. Totally. And so my mom turned to me and she was like, this is you. Right. Don't it's work you. So don't work too hard. Okay. And so that is what made me be like, oh, yeah, I don't actually have to, tr- like, try, quote unquote, try in a way that mm-hmm. is pushing beyond my boundaries to become something that I'm not because it is nice. close to home and feels very real and honest. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also that's part of why I booked it because I, I came in with a confidence. Yeah. You know, and I think that that showed. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, we we love the audition advice, of course, on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And like, it sounds like, I mean, first of all, you have doubts in any audition. Ugh, yeah. And what are like, what are those generally like? Have you noticed a pattern in those? You've never walked into an audition with unabashed confidence. Is it safe to say? Um, I I would say that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I've never walked into an audition being like, I'm booking this, and if I don't, they're dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not really a thing. Yeah, that's not really a thing. No, I mean, if practice. it is a thing, then I don't know who you are. You're an alien person. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's always a bit of anxiety and a bit of like, uh, you know what there is? There's a bit of like, um, I don't really belong here. I'm just tricking these people into believing that I'm good. Okay. You know? It's the imposter syndrome. Thing. Imposter syndrome. My yes. therapist told me that. Oh, yes. oh my God. <laughs> You know who else said that is Brandon Victor Dixon. And you know what it is? Imposter syndrome. The only people that have imposter syndrome are people who are overachievers and are very gifted. And okay. talent, do you know what I mean? When like you're a, a you're afraid that you don't belong because you're hyper aware and you're intelligent and you yes. are usually overly qualified for yes. what you do. Mm-hmm. So you question it. Yeah. And so then yeah. when you really actually think about where that those insecurities come from, you're like, oh, I'm insecure because I want people to uh, to approve of my gift and my talent and, and mm-hmm. to, um, you know, sort of give back what I'm giving and, and, mm. and that can be a scary thing. Yeah. And so understanding the sort of psychology of how that works is, sure. I think, helpful when you walk into an audition. Yeah. Well, and especially in any in an artistic industry that seen that is technically about validation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it kind of can't help but feel like personal validation Absolutely. or personal Absolutely. projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had a friend who was auditioning for something the other day, and, and he was like, you know, it was the best audition I ever had. It was great. Mm. And, you know, if I don't book it, all I know is that I did the literally the great. best I could. Yeah. And I gave them the best audition that I could possibly give them. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to walk out of an audition. Totally. And, and, and that doesn't always happen. I think that's very rare. But mm. I think the best way to walk out of an audition is, is thinking, look, I might book this, I might not. Mm-hmm. But even if I don't, I gave them the best possible performance I could have, and they'll remember that for and they'll, another job. Maybe down the line. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's a, you have many years ahead of you also. Yeah. And it's kind of like any anything you bombed, somebody in that audition is going to remember you. That first, the uh, LaGuardia, that first agent called you because yeah. they were like, oh, I remember that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, How long mm-hmm. after that showcase was that? Um, it was probably like four or five months after okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. But you really were just a student. I was. And then take me all the way back. Like, at what point? I have to ask about your dad. Yeah. When your dad is a Broadway star. Yeah. Is it ever in question what you're going to do with your life? <laughs> is it always acting? I know. That's no. That's a great question. Because it is absolutely in our blood. It's in our family. Mm-hmm. Both of my brothers are performers. Yeah. Like it's Whole just family. it's who we are. Yeah. So it's very much ingrained in our upbringing and in ourselves. Just as kids we were Mm -hmm. all very artistic and theatrical but I was super shy as a kid and I actually started out dancing and so I didn't 
I, I didn't sing. I didn't act. I was very, I didn't really talk, like I wasn't mm. very talkative. Mm-hmm. And so I think it sort of came as a surprise to my parents when I was like, actually, I want to be an actor. Uh, okay. And I think that there's something about being able to be somebody else that yes. is really appealing to mm-hmm. and then I'm speaking personally like as a as a shy child who maybe sure. didn't want to be in my own skin to be able to be in somebody else's skin. Mm. So I think that's what really a- a- appealed to me when I was younger. Um but yeah, I think it was sort I think it was a path that was sort of set out for me like for example, my parents gave us all stage names just in case Ooh. we would be on we would like be actors like they really? wanted to get they wanted to give us names that would be good for performers like my name is like Lillian Farley out. Cooper and my brother's ah. name is Alexander Duran Cooper and like it's yes. like sort of grandiose names you mean at birth they were like at this. literally at birth they were like well just in case thinking about the business we here. can't give them a crappy name you know what I mean <laughs> that other people might have exactly or like, yeah. right exactly from birth yeah that's from birth but it also so. feels like is that pressure that you're then like they never were like you have to do absolutely this. not no. absolutely not and it, it, if anything they were like are you sure you want to do yeah. this they know yeah because they, they know, know. The pressures they knew them. the ups and downs yeah. and they knew that we knew the ups and downs they knew that we yeah. witnessed the unemployment oh yeah as well as the successes interesting so they were like, all right, well, you know what you're getting into. Right. So It is actually realistic for a kid in those circumstances to know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, because maybe sometimes if you're raised by parents who don't know what that is and you're four yeah. and you love acting. And they're, yeah. You're they're just, like, there's no reservations. You're just right, totally right. in. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Can be pretty damaging. It can be pretty damaging, and it can be a very idealist. You can look at it in mm. an idealistic sort of like uh, way that makes it seem much more romantic. You can romanticize sure. this career. Oh yeah, absolutely, because it's age. very romantic, and it totally. and it can seem very exciting and you know pristine and sort of tied yeah. up in a pretty bow. But it can be pretty pretty dirty and and scary and lonely sometimes too. Totally. God, that's pure gold what you just said. Yeah. And also I think there maybe is a perception for some that it's less work than it oh actually God. is, you know. Absolutely. Or that it's all glamour and walking red carpets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's not been true for anyone. No, so. like for example, Santino got blood in my ear the other night. That's what? not very glamorous. L- that's Literal. disgusting. Excuse me? Yes. Ew. Because, like, what? what we do is really hard, and he cuts himself on stage all the time. And he like, does? Yes. What? So he's, like, gotten blood on my face. So the blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> thing is real. It's real. How did he cut himself? Like, on, I don't know, on a set piece or on an earring or something. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's, we joke about how much he bleeds. Just he bleeds all the time. <laughs> Maybe how did you get in your ear? No, you should Because he had it on his hand, and then he touched my face. I don't know. It was weird. It was super oh. weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, like, yes, it can be super romantic and glamorous, but it can also, it's literal blood, sweat, and tears and really hard work. (laughs) Yeah. And And you you kind of have to be in love with that. You can't be squeamish. (laughs) Well, the night I saw Tootsie, he he flung his glasses up off the stage. And they disappeared. I remember that. And the three actors on stage had no idea where they were. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. he improvised a line about them disappearing. But the entire audience knew where they were. Oh, they did? Where were they? We all saw them fly off the stage. Stage right. And so someone was shouting, they're stage right. They're just off stage. (laughs) And we were like, how do we convey this to these actors who are still in character? That is so funny. It was... that was the moment that, that I was like, that's a great performance. When, when he was like improvising lines it about is. that. It was really amazing. He's brilliant. He's and it was brilliant. two days after the Tony nomination. Totally, so like, totally, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, is, it, is it different going from, 
You went from Lily Cooper to Tony nominee Lily Cooper. You said that to me when you saw me. Is it too soon? Like, how do you feel about this? No, it's not too soon. It's crazy. (laughs) My dad was, we were emailing about something the other day, and he signed off with, oh, by the way, you know you're nominated for a Tony Award, right? (laughs) Oh, it's that's how like, yeah. It's like we we still remind each other of these things. It's and not it's normal. Great. No, no, no. It's not. Maybe it should never be normal. <laughs> and that's that's, but that's it shouldn't be normal. No, because no. it's. I think that we'd take it for granted. Like I totally. Everyone is like, "Are you enjoying this time? Are you having fun?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah! Uh, you better be." Because I just got nominated yeah. for a Tony, and it's cool. <laughs> it's super cool. Because I think if yeah, like you and enjoy part it. of me is like, I just want to scream it from the mountaintops, and I hope that doesn't seem conceited. But I feel like if oh, it were yeah. the other way around, if I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm just here to do the art and <laughs> pretending to ignore it," I don't. Yeah, that yeah is worse. Well, and did it change for him like did you talk about that with him or like he's a tony award winner mm-hmm. and he surely that did change his, the of trajectory course, of his yeah. career and like yeah, yeah, yeah that's he's referred to as tony award tony award like, winning chuck cooper yeah crazy yeah. i know it's crazy it, yeah it absolutely is life-changing for sure definitely um, i mean i've only had it it's only been my life for a few weeks so i don't know really where you know the next chapter of my life is going to go but i feel like a lot of doors are opening which is just beyond exciting. That's so exciting. That's really cool. That's so exciting. And yeah. it just feels like I'm so proud of you. I have to ask you another thorny question, and <gasps> we don't have to keep this. But okay. I always thought if I ever did interview you that I would ask you about the time that you talked about tokenism. Yes. And what people call diversity or, like, yeah. what people kind of generally the umbrella of, like, yeah. People from diverse backgrounds, uh, you know, in the arts and representation and all of that crap, that you told me a story about that once in in reference to Spring Awakening. Mm. Again, we don't have to talk about this. Sure. No, happy to. But you know, what do you think? What do you think is the first of all the state of representation currently on Broadway, and how have you been navigating that? Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting. It's been a really interesting journey because I, you know, I went from making my Broadway debut where I was the only person of color in the show uh, to being in this like vibrantly diverse show Mm -hmm. uh, today, which is wonderful. And it represents, I think, what New York actually looks like. Um, And that in itself is a wonderful change and a wonderful shift. Mm -hmm. And I'm witnessing more of that. Uh, You know, I think that we still have a far way to go. And I think tokenism is such an interesting term to bring up because Mm. I think it's something that we're a little bit afraid to talk about now because like representation is so important and I could never say anything otherwise it is important to see people on stage to see people in tv who look like you who Mm -hmm. sound like you um who are from the same socioeconomic background as you it is so important and I and you know having the inspirations that I had growing up, I I, I feel like that fueled me. So it's so important. I think that we run the risk sometimes of making it something that we're forced to do. Yeah. And checking a box instead of making it authentic and Mm -hmm. fueled in a real way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes shows can be guilty of that. And, and, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's hard to really differentiate between the two. And so I, I think it's just important to, like, continue having the discussion and yes. continue keeping it an open discourse because we don't want to just be 
throwing things on stage that were like, look at us. We're a bunch of different people mm. of different shapes, sizes, and colors. Yeah. For just to say that For we are. For the sake of looking at us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like telling yeah. real, authentic, true stories. Yeah. With like, the best talent involved. Absolutely. 100%. Right. And that's what I love about this cast mm. is like, when I auditioned for this show, I saw women who looked exactly like me, but also completely different than me. For this part. For this part. Oh, see, that's, that's changing. I appreciated that so much mm-hmm. because I've been in a lot of audition rooms where people looked, just looked exactly like me. Sure. Yeah. Where it's like they had an idea of what they wanted a person to look like before they walked into the room. Sure. And that doesn't necessarily mean the most talented person got the job or the most valid person got the job. It means like we needed to fill a quota and we put that person on stage. And and it's an icky thing to talk about. It's an icky thing to acknowledge, but Mm. it's true and it happens. And so I saw this wide array of women auditioning for this role. And I loved that. I was so appreciative of that because Mm. I knew that they valued the most, um, they valued hiring you know, the person that was the most qualified. Right the, yeah. And the willingness to see everyone as opposed to just being right. like, you know what, we need to fill a quota. And yeah. so we're only going to see these people. One thing. And, yeah. and it can that can happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's the norm. The, mm-hmm. This was the exception to the rule. And right. The, exactly. Itself. Yeah. But that gives me hope. I think it is about like having conversations and then like acknowledging the progress we've made and the, how far we have to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because progress can be great, but can yeah. also be a sign of like, oh, we have much further to go. Yeah. And there was a, this reminds me of like kind of the phenomenon of Hamilton where like there's a two steps forward, one step back thing of like once you achieve some, I guess it is like a box checked or something, mm-hmm. it then maybe enables a way of thinking that's, well, now that we've accomplished that, mm-hmm. we can take a step back. Exactly. And go back to our old ways. I'm yeah. not thinking about. Those I'm not things. thinking about those things because, like, we did it. We got the we got the we award for this. Pat we got the pat on, on the back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Ooh, we just need to going. be like, oh, I, I think just conscious of it constantly. And like you said, it really is about inspiring. It's about representation is so much about inspiring young people, inspiring yes. people to just see themselves on on stage. Absolutely. I mean, what first of all, what were some of those influences as a kid? Do you remember? I mean, Audra is always at the top of my list. Yeah. Like I'll just, I mean, she's just like everything to me. When I first met I saw her, Claire Delune last night. Oh, it was gorgeous, dude. My it schedule was... changes in June. I'm so excited I get to okay. see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was everything to me when she when I first met her and she told me that. Uh, that I reminded her of her daughter, I wept. Holy I cried shit. in her face. <laughs> How old were you? When was that? I was like a, te- I think I was a teenager. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then like we were on a TV show together a few months ago. And you I were? Was, yes, we did the good fight. <laughs> you did? Yes. I'm going to faint. Slash she does the good fight. I yeah. did an episode of the good fight. But with her? But with her. I know. And I like peed my pants a little. And it was amazing. And I was like, it's so cool that in this world, in this industry, you can look up to somebody and praise them so much and, yeah. and, and admire them and then work your butt off and then work with them. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> totally. It feels crazy. It's really cool. Yeah. Those same doubts and the imposter syndrome thing, those must kick in for in a situation like that. 100%. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why they cast me. This right. is crazy. I'm in a room with Christine Bransky and Audra McDonald's. Like, uh, I do not belong. You know? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. 
that's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like maybe that even happens to people like Audra. Well, I, I don't think, know about Audra, but Yeah, like, I think, yeah, I don't know, maybe not Audra, but it, do, but it does. Like, I was at this Tony luncheon today, right? And Katrina Lank got up on stage and talked about oh. how uncomfortable she felt at the Tony luncheon last year. Oh. And she was talking exactly about this imposter syndrome. She was like, and you mm. might feel like you don't belong, and it might feel mm. like you're uncomfortable, and like you're in this room of incredible people that you admire. Yeah. And she was talking about how she went to the bathroom, and she saw these other women like with this look of horror on their faces, and they all just looked at each other and took it in and started laughing at the same oh, time. Oh, cool. Because they were all in the same boat. And so like beautiful, amazingly talented Tony Award winner Katrina Lank Right. talks about how she doesn't feel like she belongs right then you're like oh okay then this actually is an okay feeling to have more yeah. than more than just me feels this way totally and it's about like a it's a is it also like a self-love thing where you have to be like i belong i deserve deserve absolutely. It's, or banishing thoughts of i don't deserve absolutely like. absolutely because there's also just the, the Going into a Tony's luncheon and being surrounded by people, it's the, the fact that you would know these people and you know their work. I was work. sitting at a table with Judith Light and Annette ah. Benning. Ah. Judith Light Sorry, sat. I just dropped some names on the floor. I have to pick Ju- up. I but. know. But, well, I'm about to do the same thing because Judith Light sat right there at this podcast. <gasps> she did? Uh, oh, my Two God. years ago. Yeah. She's epic. Yeah, she's totally epic. Um, so there's that thing, too, where you're like, I have a responsibility to uh, to earn this. To, Absolutely. To like, up my own game enough yeah, yeah, yeah. to not it up, to not <laughs> up and to feel like you're like no 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 I need to like belong here mm-hmm. and own it and own it and yeah. not not pretend not uh convince yourself you don't belong there you should absolutely run out of the room screaming or something right <laughs> like, well, you know one of the biggest compliments that I've gotten since I got nominated is friends and family telling me like I'm so proud of you you deserve this mm, uh-huh. that is a sentence that is really um just it's very satisfying to hear sure and I think is is it's just it it helps you feel it also it helps you feel it mm-hmm. yeah and that's that thing you said earlier about you you want to celebrate it and you don't want to take it for granted at all yeah, yeah so you yeah. have to shout it from the rooftops mm-hmm. and maybe it helps to have i mean it's certain it's safe to say that you have a community of people who are like it helps to have them shout from the rooftop rooftops for, for you. you absolutely right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's so amazing and, and these events are are can be nerve-wracking and sort of stressful but they're also just a um an opportunity to like congratulate other people too, and yeah. like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And, like I saw all the the ain't too proud boys, and I just like oh, I just want to squeeze them and put them in my pocket, and I'm so proud of them. And I <laughs> totally. we hardly even know each other, but it just feels like this. Isn't that you know what I mean? And that's unique to Broadway. Yeah. Like that, you get that with the Emmys. Yeah. TV people coming together. No. Like, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And it is a month of of insanity, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing. Like you're still doing eight shows a week. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so when you Let's talk like when you get out on stage, specifically in this month, mm-hmm. do you really just have to get back to work? It's like you're yeah. shedding all of the other stuff. And yeah. You're... Even during the day, I have we. I think we all have mm. to remind ourselves, it's about the work. It's about the work. Totally. Your priority has to be the show. Yeah. It shouldn't be. You can't call out. And it's so hard to be like, I don't know what I'm wearing to this thing today. Oh, mm-hmm. That adds a level of stress to you. But you're like, no, no, no. My focus but needs to be, I have my show tonight. I need to like conserve my energy. Yeah. And my focus for this, because that's mm-hmm. what I'm getting the recognition for. Right. So I need, that needs to be my number one. Yeah. To continue to earn it. Absolutely. To, totally. Absolutely. And that's the thing that Broadway, Tony nominated or otherwise Broadway performers, they have that in their bones. Mm-hmm. Like, the show mm-hmm. must go on. The show must go on. Truly. 
Yeah. What about the nitty gritty of like, what are the things you do to take care of your voice and your body? Like, Good question. You mentioned therapy. Like, what do you do to take you, care of your brain oh, and yeah. your heart? Therapy every week. I've known my therapist mm-hmm. for like 15 years. I adore her. Whoa. Yeah, I know. That's it's incredible. Um, I have been meditating recently. Look at you. I started wow. meditating a few months ago. And it really helps. It really does. Mm-hmm. I do it. It's become sort of a ritual for me because mm-hmm. I do it before the show and I do right. it while I steam. Mm-hmm. And so I steam my voice, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of like the primary things that helps me with my voice. I warm up before every show. Mm-hmm. Um, but meditating is really helpful because it allows me to center myself and, and again, sort of bring my mind back to the work because it's mm-hmm. so easy to be distracted by all of the crazy things that are happening right yeah. now. Lovely. And when you give yourself 15 minutes to just mm-hmm. be in your space alone and focus on the things that you need to be focusing on yeah. it just helps shift yeah. your mental energy and totally and yeah. anchors you kind mm-hmm. Of. Mm-hmm. and you mentioned the ritualistic i feel like most actors are they kind of cling to ritual and absolutely. structure like, absolutely it's what we do is is yeah. ritual yeah. telling stories is so ritualistic ah uh, yeah that's think beautiful. about it yeah or like around the campfire every night but on a broadway stage yeah yeah uh what kinds of things do you like drink or do do also do you um still work with a voice coach what are you doing about the voice you know i have not steaming? worked with a voice coach in a few okay oh, god i want to say a year or so okay so you don't have like a person you go bad. back to all the time i don't have a person that i go to religiously um i drink mm. a lot of water just mm-hmm. like so much water i have to pee all the time yep um good I should be drinking more tea. I drink a lot of iced coffee. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. So the caffeine. I. Some people say ca- coffee. Some people not good say it's voice. not good for you. And I think it's totally person to person. Yeah. You know, like I need caffeine to be alive and awake, so I Same. need to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have this great uh, natural raw honey that I like to put in hot water, oh. which is really good for allergies because I have terrible allergies. Oh. Which is not fun no, for singing. That's like seasonal it, too. It's really hard. Yeah, oh. it's been tough. Okay. Um, so f- navigating that and mm-hmm. like medications, like if you take Mucinex, mm. then it dries you out, and then if you want to take like Benadryl, it'll make you sleepy. So right. you got to take it at night after the show, and like all those kinds of things. Wow. It's a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> are you saying are there doctor visit doctor mm-hmm. appointments as well? Yep. Yeah. My my ENT is my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Uh, she has just... saved my life. B12. B12, I've heard, yeah. Uh, there's this, oh my God, she gave me this incredible um, essential oil. I forget what it's called. That you put on your... Um... Thieves. Oh. Thieves, I think. Thieves oil. That I actually put a few drops on my tongue. Inside. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's mm. really delicious. It tastes like Christmas. <laughs> okay. And this is all part of the routine. Yeah. Even all on part of the routine. show day. Even on show day is sometimes... Yeah, yeah. I'll try to do that before both shows. Yeah. What about working out? Um, working out, I try to do as much as I can, <clears throat> but I, w- our schedules have just been so crazy. Yeah, so like for this show, this it's not as, I'm not like dancing really, so it's not as physically uh, exhausting. Uh-huh. So, but like in SpongeBob, for example, I could hardly work out outside of SpongeBob because it was so <laughs> physically, yeah. like that was my workout. To. Yeah, yeah. So for this, oh. I actually sort of need to keep my metabolism up and mm. I need to sort of keep my body moving so I work mm-hmm. out more during this. So it definitely depends on the show. It depends, yeah. Yeah. And each and day-to-day depends too, mm-hmm. which brings, that's the the voice warm-up part too mm-hmm. is like a check-in, right? With mm-hmm. like, how is it feeling today? Yeah, like every morning. I think just a singer naturally, even mm-hmm. on days off, I'll find myself going... Brrr! 
even on days where I'm not even singing. Right. And it's like such an innate thing that my body just does. Another, um, just to check. Another ritual. Yeah. 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 And is it safe to say, too, I almost feel like I want to plug this for you. <laughs> You've done a lot of musicals. Mm-hmm. But you... Want to do plays? I do. I want to do plays. And so bad. I think actually this year the Tony nominee the Tony nominated actors yes. are a lot of crossover. A like, lot of them. Yeah. Which I'm really happy people are seeing more of. Yeah. Because I think that there was this sort of I don't know stigma I guess that like mm. musical theater actors aren't actors and aren't Ugh. play actors and and that's no. just like such bull and not true at all. Totally. And I did my first play. I guess it was a year and a half ago, mm. with the Women's Project, and it was so wonderful, it was so magical. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, acting is my for it's that's my first and foremost. I love acting. Totally, um, that's why I started acting. studying in high school. So right. I, I really love it, and I want totally. And as much as I love singing, um, I want to be remembered for more than that. Uh huh. So you consider yourself, yeah? Is it actor first and foremost? I think it's hard to. So I think it's again sort of shifts from day to day and show to show. Uh huh. And again, maybe uh, now it's Tony nominee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's first and foremost. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, I think primarily actor because I was never formally trained as a singer, so it's it, it's it was hard for me I think to consider myself a singer first uh-huh. when I didn't really study it. Interesting. Although that doesn't necessarily make you one thing or another. No. Um, wow. But I did study acting, so. Yeah, I guess in my head, you at, you at some point had like a classical or at least a musical theater like training training Mm-mm. thing. But it has it has been first and foremost. I really do feel like you tackle everything with the same. Like you said, every project is different. Right. Play musical workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And you just yeah. You roll with it. You roll with it, and you sort of have to think of it. Yeah, as it as an individual thing, but also you just like attack the the material the way that it needs to be attacked. You know, you you. I don't think that you, mm. I at least separate the singing from the acting. Like they morph into each other storytelling yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 um beautiful uh do you have any parting words of wisdom for working actors you know what i need to start thinking of like my Uh go-to sentences (laughs) my like do you remember do you remember how lady gaga like in every interview that she did after um after i mean um, i was born this this way there are 99 people in the room one person believes in you. I need to remember that. I need to, like, have that one quote. You need to have, like, a, yeah, and it needs to go viral. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. A, yeah. It needs to go viral. No. But I it's, like, my... a little bit cheesy and put on. Like, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, like, she's acting like she, this is the first time she said it, but she's right. actually the 50th Her press tour was a little bit of a, of a performance, <laughs> like, a little bit of an Oscar nomination in and of itself. You know? Right. Yeah. Oscar-nominated Lady Gaga. Um, if there's 99 people. Right. In a room. <laughs> one believes in you. Uh, I'd say that my biggest advice, and this is something that I have to remember to do myself. Yes. Which the best advice is something that I think is advice that you take, right? Excellent. Yeah. Or try as hard as you can to take, is to be honest with yourself. Hmm. And I think that that is, there, it's fully faceted. It means Hmm. if you're better at one thing and you need work on another thing, mm. then actively pursue working on that thing to get better. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a certain type and you want oh. to break out of that type, then try to transcend boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you are not really right for something but really want it, then you know either prove them wrong or know that that might not be the project for you. You know, like mm. being as honest with yourself as possible, I think is just so helpful to like get through the ups and downs of this career, um, 
understanding that there's so much more to this business Uh. than talent, sadly. You know, there's a lot of being in the room with the right person at the right time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot mm. of, you know, nepotism and like, sure. that's okay. That's real. That's that, that happens yeah. in every industry, Knowing every business. People, yeah. Uh, so a t- trying not to take things personally, yeah. but also being as honest with yourself as possible. That's, that's my, excellent that's advice. That's my ba- best advice. I and the, and it, and that you're going to kind of keep giving it. Those are things that you can't just master and then you know Absolutely. that forever. Oh, no, I mean, you you're are working on yourself. them constantly. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Thanks. Oh my God. Hi, Jack. Hi, Lily. <laughs> I just had a moment of like, hi, Lily. You know. <laughs> it's like, what? Wait, where are we? Where are we? What day is it? In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tweet us at In the Envelope, leave a review. We want to hear from you. Visit Backstage.com for more content and resources for working artists. And don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with a free trial by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout. Thanks, as always, to podcast producer Wiz, Jamie Muffet. You can follow him on Twitter at JamieMusicNYC. You can follow me, Jack Smart, on Twitter at JackSmartWrites. Thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. Peter Rappaport, Mark Stinson, Samantha Sherlock, Francis Ramos, Lauren Rout, Caitlin Watkins, and especially, should-be Oscar nominee, Casey Howe. Thanks for listening. Listening.